Hi, welcome to the Sophia Talk Show. This is a podcast all about books, movies, anything fantasy related or fiction books related. I am Sophia Simpson. I will be your host and I will be bringing on lots of guests, including authors and readers and non-readers alike. And every once in a while, I'll bring in a serious topic or two. And I hope you enjoy this show as much as I've enjoyed recording it. Oh, and by the way, I'm a young adult Christian fantasy author, which explains the book talk. And on that note, I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sophia Talks podcast. I am your host, Sophia Simpson, and I am coming to you, just me, myself, and I today. I don't have any guests on my show to bring you, I, but I do have a story to tell you. And this is not just any story, it's mine. Um, if you are new to my podcast, I have promised in the past to give you parts of my story uh, a little bit at a time because it's there's a lot there and and share with you what has happened in my life that has been both devastating and traumatizing. But, and the big word there is, but God saved me from it all and because of it all. I can only give him credit and and praise, praise him for what he's done in my life. In one of my previous podcasts, I talked about the sexual trauma that I experienced when I was nine from a stepfather who I should have been able to have trusted. Um, I said a prayer and the Lord helped me forget those memories almost right after it happened until 30 years later. And it wasn't until I was in my late 30s that I was recovered those memories because of nightmares that forced me to recover them and forced me to deal with the trauma. That That's uh, my previous podcast called An Honest uh, uh, an honest talk, I think is why was what I called that that episode. It's in season one. You, I would invite you to listen to how God redeemed me and that story too. Uh, the story I'm going to tell you today is I haven't quite decided if I'm going to tell you one or the other, and the reason is because they're so similar. They're very different, but they're very similar. I lost both my parents to homicides. I would say, I think about 30 years apart from each other. I was four, a month before my 14th birthday with my mom, and I was in my early 30s with my dad, also 20 years apart. Both devastating, both traumatizing. And I don't think I made a decision on which one I was going to tell you about until right this minute when I remembered one particular memory that was directly responsible for saving me from the terrible devastation and the terrible grief that came with my mom's homicide. Uh, now, her death has been closed as a suicide, but in my utter belief is that she was murdered 
and I will keep it to myself who I think did it as it's all speculation and it's nothing that's been proven. But the simple fact is her life was taken with a shotgun to her stomach. She did not die quickly. Uh, can I can you imagine dealing with this at 14 years old, dealing with these details? It was not, I didn't think I'd recover, honestly. And, um, but it was a shotgun shot to her stomach. She died very slowly. She was not discovered until a week after her death. And um, she was found reaching for her phone. The thing that killed me the most was that we were fighting. It all killed me, but we were fighting before she died, and we never did make up. I ignored her calls for months, and I will forever regret that till the day I die. And it has made a lasting impression on me to never keep an argument like that going because you never know what life is going to do and take from you and what the Lord allows Now, my mom, tell you a little bit about her. She had six children and then got her tubes tied so she'd have no more. And I was her last. I was her baby. We were extremely close, even though she was an alcoholic and married six times. I loved and adored my mom. And there were times when I was an adolescent and I'd lash out, but for the most part, my mom could do, could do no wrong. Now I look a lot like my mom did. And so when I went to move in with my dad, when I was 11, that caused a problem in the home because every time he looked at me, he was seeing a mirror image of my mom and I would always defend her no matter what mistakes she made. So my dad was very, we just, we just were like oil and water. He loved me, but it was, he loved my sister more. So he was a lot closer to my older sister than he was to me. So when my mom was murdered and her life taken, that started a path of very lonely grieving. My dad, I don't remember him giving me one hug the entire time I grieved for my mom. And He didn't know what to do with my grief. Uh, My dad was a 100% Greek man. In my later years, when I forgave my dad of some of the things I'm going to talk about, we ended up having a beautiful, loving relationship. So I think he just needed me to grow up a little bit and stop being so immature. When my mom died, he just, and, and I completely lost all grip on reality. I went into a self-induced coma. I wouldn't wake up. When I did wake up, all I did was cry and lay in my bed. I couldn't get out of bed. It was a really bad time for me. And I didn't know what to do with my grief. And my dad didn't either. Until one day, he walked in my room and said, "Um, every time I see you cry, I'm going to hit you. And I believed him. I it snapped me up and I thought I better stop crying because I I couldn't believe he said it for one thing. And then the other, um, I believed that he would follow through on his threat. So I had to stuff this like monstrous grief 
that was just raging in my chest. I had to stuff it completely inside. And I started crying under my pillow and just hiding my tears, still not able to get out of bed. But one night, now, I had accepted Christ into my heart when I was six years old. And you might think, that's a little young. You really, did you really know what you were doing? And the answer to that is yes. I absolutely knew what I was doing. My Sunday school teacher asked us, my little Sunday school class, who wants their best friend to be Jesus? And I raised my hand as high as it would go. And I was like, of all the stories I've heard about him and all the, like I had been in church for, you know, a little bit. And so I knew stories about him and all all these miracles he did and the beautiful, wonderful person Jesus is and was and when he was here on earth with us. And I was like, sign me up. I want him to be my best friend. And I I asked him into my life and into my heart, and he has never left it. I will tell you, my friends, that if you make that decision to have Jesus be your best friend, it's as simple as that. He will be your best friend, and he will live in your heart, and the Holy Spirit will come into your life, and you'll be a different person. You will be a different person. And I was from that moment on. So when that moment, when my dad came in my room and said to me, I'm going to hit you the next time you cry. I didn't have anywhere else to turn but Jesus. Now, I was laying in my bed one night, and this is the story I want to tell you. And it's incredible, as incredible to me now as it was then. And when I tell you that miracles happen in this world, it's true because it happened to me. It happened that night. So this is my story. I was laying on my side hiding my tears under my pillow. And I started talking to my mom. I started saying, mom, I just want you to hold me just one more time. Hold me. And I shook my head and I realized that she's never going to hold me again. She's gone. She's gone. And so I realized how pointless it was to say those words. And so remembering I mean, I hadn't walked into an English-speaking church since I was six or seven years old. But I remembered how it was to live with Jesus in my life. I had forgotten some over the years. I was 14, a month before my 14th birthday. But I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to change what I'm saying. And I started saying, Jesus, hold me. Jesus, hold me. And I just repeated it over and over and over. That's all I could say in my brokenness, in my devastation, in missing my mom. I knew that if anybody could reach me, it would be Jesus. As I was laying there, I suddenly felt this warmth all down my spine. And it kind of woke me up a little bit. And I'm like, what, what, what is that? You know? And then the next thing you know, the warmth started traveling and it started spreading across my back, both sides of my back. So it started going on right to the right and left of my back. And next thing you know, it starts coming around me. And next thing you know, my arms are in this heavenly warmth. Next thing you know, it's completely 
cocooned my entire body in this warmth. And I knew, I knew God was answering my prayer. God was hugging me. Jesus was hugging me. I tell you, this is the God honest truth. I was able, he healed me in that moment of that traumatic grief. I was able to get out of bed. I was able to go to school. I was able to function. Did I still mourn my mom? Yes, of course I did. I still missed her. I still loved her. I still wanted us to have had a healed relationship before she was taken from me. But I was functioning. Jesus healed the traumatic parts of my grief to where I could stand up and I could start living my life again. And I was reading, I've been praying about what to next talk to you guys about, what part of my story, because you know about the sexual trauma, you know now about my mom. And then I've told you about my dad. My dad was murdered um, by the Mexican mafia in Mexico City in 2010. And that's a story, another story I'll tell you. But as, as I was doing my Bible study this morning, actually, I was praying that God would show me scripture that I could share with you. You can go to the back of any Bible, well, a study Bible usually, and you could look up different things about all kinds of subjects. And I went and looked up grief. There were all these examples, Jesus crying, of Job crying, of David crying, King David, even Joseph Joseph from uh, the multicolored coat, uh, Joseph and his 12 brothers who sold him into slavery. He cried. There were all these examples of these like deeply grief, grief stricken moments of loss mainly, but that wasn't what I was looking for. And I recalled what I read this morning and I'm going to share it with you. So it says, very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. And I love that. I love that because he's not specifically talking about well, he's talking in this instance, he's talking about that his disciples were going to lose him. He was going to be taken and gone and they didn't want, they didn't want for him to lose him. And he's telling them in this moment and before he's gone, he's comforting them even then. And he's saying, you will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. I have been asked before, would you do it all again? And as much as I would, and much as I will tell you, I never would want that kind of harm or loss to happen to any, my mom or my dad, or to have experienced being abused like I did at nine. But God has used those things in my life. He has turned it. The devil meant those things to beat me down. He meant for those things to conquer me and to make me turn to drugs and alcohol and all kinds of things to, to distract me from life and, and to be bitter and angry and joyless. And 
I am here to tell you that because of Christ in each of these devastating moments, he has been there for me, comforting, sustaining, enabling, helping me, lifting me up in all those in all of the moments that I've experienced deep grief and deep loss, if it wasn't for Christ in my life, I would be a broken shell of a woman, but I'm not. I'm anyone who knows me can tell you I am so joyful. I, I'm a happy person. I'm, I'm cheerful. I'm, I'm positive. I look on the bright side of everything. Things God, ha- God put people in my life to nurture those things out of me. He put my brother into my life, my older brother, who ended up raising me soon after my mom died, like a year later. And he raised me all through high school and part of college even. He gave me, he gave me hope in, in every situation I've been in. He's given me hope. And there have been times that I've turned away. And that's my next story that I'll share with you. Not proud of it. I wish I had, can, I wish I, I can tell you that when my dad died, I just ran into the arms of Jesus. I hid from the arms of Jesus. So, but I, I will go into that another time. But in my mom's case, I ran into the arms of Jesus and in my underdeveloped, impressionable, vulnerable mind, Jesus was everything I needed in that moment. He can be that and wants to be that for you. And I, I think at this, of this, of this scripture, this is by the way, John 16, John 16, 19 uh, through 28, you will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. And that's true. It has. A woman giving birth to a child. I, I love this part because um, as someone who's gone through childbirth, I can tell you the, the truth of this. I mean, the pain of childbirth is so mind-blowing and so horrible. But as soon as they place that baby in your arms, you forget it all. And you do it again. You do it again. Just to repeat this moment of having this child in your life and this new life in your arms. He says, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Let me tell you something. The enemy's going to try and there's going to be people in your life that might steal your zest for life. They'll steal your, try to steal your joy. And that's when you have to put, put time to prayer and say, God, who do you, do you, who do you want in my life? Who do you want me to be a light to? And who is not reachable right now? Because there are times, friends, when, when, when there are people in your life that are, that are not reachable and it's best to let them go so that God can work in them through someone else. And, um, it takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of time with the Lord to, for him to show you who he wants in your life. Now, I will tell you, I just celebrated a birthday lunch with my dear friend, and I can tell you he will give you dear friendships that will mean everything to you. And, and, they will, and he gives them to you as gifts because 
They help you through life. They help you through the hard moments. They help you through disappointments. They help you through, they, they rejoice with you when you have good news. They, they're there for you in, in every moment and, and be glad for those friends and hold tight, hold on to them and not too tight because you never know when, when God may call them somewhere else and to do other things. And sometimes I've had to let friendships go that I did not want to let go. And I dearly still miss. So, but be open to what the Lord, who the Lord wants in your life and what the Lord wants you to do with your life. But I will tell you as someone who's come through fire and come through pain and come through devastation and devastating grief and trauma that there is light at the end of every tunnel. There is light even as you're going through it. And it may look like a pinprick. It may look barely there. But Christ wants to be there for you through all of your situations and through all of your highs and through all of your lows, especially your lows. Listen, I will tell you the most reachable times for me is when I'm in my lows. Isn't that horrible? But it's true. It's true because it's it's when we need him the most and we reach we reach out to him and he's there every single time you can grab onto him and 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 tell him how you're feeling and what's going on and and see what he can do in your life and he's done different things for me at different points in my life but no one can take away my joy just like how it says here so it is with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. And that is the everlasting truth that there's no other truth but that. And, and I, I have an example I can give you. So I do this, it's, it's a sewing project and it's called, it's called cross stitching and there must be over two to 300,000 stitches in this whole thing. It's huge. It takes me two years to do one of them. I've completed one. I'm ha almost halfway through another one. And I was looking at down at my cross, my, my sewing, my sewing project, um, this morning, uh, last night. And I was praying about what I was going to talk to you guys about. And I looked at each stitch. Now I have probably 30 different colors of blue in this cross stitch that I'm doing. The variations are so minute, but they're there. And once you put all the stitches together, each tiny, and now the stitches are so small. I have to wear grandma reading glasses. I am 45 years old and I need these reading glasses to just see what I'm doing on these stitches because they're so minute and they're so tiny. But you put all of those variation of the blues, all of those variation of the grays, browns, tans, and you have like, once it's all done, once it's all complete, it sometimes takes me a month to do a section. But once I fold it out and I look at it, it's this gorgeous masterpiece. It's a beautiful, detailed, rich tapestry of like gorgeous details and and 
the colors are and the the schematic color schematic is so broad and so diverse that once it's all together it's this beautiful breathtaking picture and you can't see it from one stitch but when you put them all together it's there now i am a woman of god and my life has not been easy but i have trusted god through it Am I the poster child of trusting God? No, I'm not. And that's my next story that I'll share with you. But he has turned my grief into joy. I am a writer. I am now a podcaster. I am, I have been a speaker at times. And I can tell you that life with God, life with Jesus trusting Jesus has given me a life I never could have dreamed of. I am the woman I am because of him. And I want that for you. I want you to be the man of God that he wants you to be, the woman of God that he wants you to be. Because friends, it's such a beautiful journey with him holding your hand. And That's what I wanted to share with you today. That was my story. So until next time, I will have guests on my show and we'll have lots of fun and silly moments and I'll have authors on my show that can share with you what it's like to write a book and what it's like to tell a story. But for today, please know, trust Jesus with your life. I'm so glad I have with mine. So until next time, bye friends. Thanks for listening to the Sophia Talk Show. Come back for more fun interviews and talks about all things fantasy and fiction. Go to sophiasimpson.com, Sophia with an F, if you'd like any links that I mentioned in the show. And find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook for all things Sophia Simpson books. My handle is Sophia Simpson author. See you there.